Welcome to the MBG Podcast. Let's fire everybody. Welcome, everyone, to episode number eight of the Message Board Geniuses Podcast. This is Who's with me, of course, today are Casey and my man, MBG. How are we doing tonight, guys? Fantastic. Oh, I'm super. So we're going to start off, and not to dredge up bad memories for you guys, talk a little bit about week 13 of the college football season. Uh, Casey, rivalry week for you guys against the Gamecocks. Didn't, didn't get the result that you are hoping for, right? I can't hear you. Who's your breaking up? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it was. It, you know, we haven't lost to them in a decade, nearly. So it's just weird to see it on Twitter. It's weird. I don't think Twitter was around the last time Clemson lost to South Carolina, <laughs> but self-inflicted. Hats off to Shane Beamer and the Gamecocks. They had Juice Wells is unreal. He's a wide receiver, a little speedy wide receiver that I guess we decided that uh, we didn't want to cover him. So. Other than that, and a couple fumbles on some tried to be Beamer ball, but only Beamer's Beamer ball. Tough one, but this wasn't a playoff caliber team, I don't believe. So it's kind of ripping the Band-Aid off, which I'm okay with. Yeah, and listen, man, when you have a down season and you're 10-2 and two and you know likely going to the Orange Bowl, that's not a bad thing, right? I'm assuming yeah. if you guys beat UNC, it's, it's Orange Bowl against who, maybe Tennessee, somebody like that? That's what we're hearing, Tennessee or Alabama. So uh, out of the frying pan, into the fry, fryer. Nice joke. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to joke after you lose to the game cost, man. So true. All right, MVG, you guys played Boise State. I have questions about the end of your game. <laughs> man, no. it was rough. It was but rough for anybody that had money on it. Yeah, so we, we got mobile sports betting here in Maryland last week. I put a small amount of money on the Aggies getting 17 against Boise State. I checked my phone at one point. And it was 28-23, I think. The Aggies were driving with a chance to go ahead. And what happened, man? You felt safe, I bet, at that point. I felt it was a lock. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if if there's ever been a bad beat... This was it, which I, I, I never understood why they call it bad beats, because for some people, it's a good beat. Right. For you, in this instance, it was a bad beat. I mean, we were down 28-23. We had first and goal with under two minutes to go in the game, and we didn't score. Fourth and goal, I threw an incomplete pass. I think it was like a minute and nine seconds left when he mm-hmm. threw the incomplete pass on fourth and goal. So Boise gets the ball. First play, they go 91 yards for a touchdown. <laughs> so that puts it 12. <laughs> And then, but I'm still so, safe, by the way. Right? Right. You're still safe. It's still looking good, right? So Boise <laughs> kicks off. Utah State gets the ball. First play, bam, pick six, and it's 19 point game, just like that. And who's loses all his money? And I threw my phone in the trash. <laughs> and that was it. I hate Boise. We lose every time to Boise, and I hate it. And they were on CBS. Yeah, we were on Big Boy CBS and everything. But whatever. Well, I think we've lost. Uh, 19 to the last 20 against Boise, so I I should come to expect it. But Yeah, I, I don't know what that's hurts. like to lose like 19 out of 20 games against a bitter rival. I've never really had to go through that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, it's brutal. 
Uh, but you guys are going bowling, likely, right? You're six and six. Yeah, like I said last week, probably right back to Boise to that potato bowl, big potato potato bowl game against like Ball State or Miami of Ohio or something like that. There you go. Get a little yeah. action. Get a yeah, Tuesday so, night bowl game. Yeah, so if you guys want to go, I mean, let me know. You think you can hook it up? Yeah, uh, maybe, maybe. <laughs> you got to get Tuesday, press Tuesday night at eight. A, <laughs> Tuesday night at eight o'clock in Boise, Idaho, in <laughs> middle of December. <laughs> Yeah. Plenty of seats still available. Is that what you're telling us? Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to imagine Probably. selling this to uh, the family as a as a vacation destination. Going to Boise in the middle of the week in December. Make it a Christmas boys. present for the family. I mean, <laughs> don't get them anything else. Could you imagine under the tree? Kids are all excited. Here's the last He's present. The I have no affiliation with. Yeah, that's, that's the best present ever. But actually, it reminds me, my, my uh, kids do this thing every year where they give each other the most thoughtless gift they can think of. Um, <laughs> like last year, my I think it was my daughter gave my son beat cleaner for a bird. We don't have birds, but <laughs> you, you get the idea. But yeah, that was the tickets to, to uh, a bowl game of Boise in December would be a solid gift. That brings us to our next segment, Genius of the Week. Each of us, as always, going to nominate a player, coach, team, conference, mascot, somebody who did something particularly dumb in the past week, and then we'll take a vote and see who wins. All right, so, Casey, you want to start us off? I'm going to win this week, Who's? I got it. I know I know it. I'm going MBG's route. I'm going with the entire fan base, Notre Dame fan base. I don't know if you guys saw this. They played late. I had a couple cocktails by, by 7.30 in the evening. But Notre Dame fans, as I'm scrolling through Twitter, are talking about how biased Chris Fowler and Kirk Herbstreet are against Notre Dame. And I just wanted to, like MBG, I threw my phone in the garbage can because the lack of self-awareness from Notre Dame fans was uh, astounding to me. I just, they have an entire network that is just for Notre Dame football. (laughs) Notre Dame pays these announcers. They are complete, they're the White Sox of college football, the White Sox announcers of college football. It's so over-the-top bias. So this week, I'm giving Notre Dame fans and their lack of self-awareness my <laughs> genius of the week. It could be an every-week award, Casey. <laughs> All right, MVG, finally knocked you off last week after a very long winning streak. Who do you have this week? Well, I know you might think I'll be go. I'll go back to the old reliable Ohio State fans, and I should because they're still – wanting to fire Ryan Day and get rid of C.J. Stroud. But I'm not going to pick them this week. They lost to Michigan. They're a bitter rival, so I can somewhat understand them being frustrated. Not to the point where you want to fire Ryan Day, but, <laughs> but I can somewhat is, understand it. He is 45-5 and five now, MBG, so <laughs> it's kind of unacceptable. you know. So I'm going to give him the week off again, and I'm going to pick one particular Georgia fan. Georgia played Georgia Tech. They ended up beating Georgia Tech 37-14, but at some point, this was a close game. And there was a a poster on the Georgia board named Buff Dog One, who was watching the game. He was watching Georgia, the best team in the country, who hasn't lost for, I don't know, two years, against Georgia Tech. And this thought somehow came inside of his brain, and he actually transcribed it onto a computer, onto the (laughs) internet for everybody to see. As he watched this game, he said, they look better than us, better athletes, 
better play calling, just a more complete team that wants to be there. <laughs> I, I can't think of anything more dumb to put on the internet than saying that Georgia Tech looks like a more complete team than Georgia with better athletes and better coaching. I couldn't find anyone this week that was more of a genius than this guy. So he was well, my pick. Just for a frame of reference, um, we beat Georgia Tech this year. So um, <laughs> <laughs> that should put everything into perspective. That was probably M our best play of the year, actually. MBG, um, can you answer me this question? Is it D-A-double-G? Is it Buff D-A-double-G or D-O-G? Because it's Buff Dog D-A-W-G. There's only one okay. way to spell dog in Georgia. It's D-A-W-G. Uh, That's right. It's I just wanted to make sure it wasn't a troll. No, it's Buff Dog 1. <laughs> Apparently there was a Buff Dog, and this is Buff Dog 1. <laughs> There could be Buff Dog 2, 3, or 4 out there, but this was Buff Dog 1, just <laughs> to make it clear, because I don't want any of these other Buff Dogs catching stray. So it's right. Buff Dog 1 is my genius of the week. So I'm, I'm going to keep it in the SEC. Uh, I'm going to go with Gamecock fans uh, this week. And just to give you the backstory here, as you guys know, a couple weeks ago, South Carolina was scuffling along at 6-4 and four and looking at what seemed to be a, a likely 6-6 six and six finish. They had games coming up against Tennessee and Clemson, and Gamecock fans had been directing almost all of their ire towards their offensive coordinator, Marcus uh, Satterfield, for weeks. And I, I pulled just a few posts off of Twitter. These were all either uh, during the Georgia game, which I think was on November 12th, so the week right before Tennessee, or right after that game. This is just a, these are literally the first like four that came up. First one is fire the flying F out of Marcus Satterfield. <laughs> Next one, it took one drive for me to remember how much Marcus Satterfield sucks. <laughs> you have failed us once again for the love of, for the love of God, all caps, fire Marcus Satterfield. And then finally, SEC Nation is coming to Columbia for the Cox versus Vols matchup. Every single student should make a fire Marcus Satterfield sign. So completely upset with him. Of course, South Carolina goes on to put up, what, 63 on Tennessee, 31 on Clemson. They get their first, I believe, their first ever back-to-back -back wins ever top 10 teams in school history. And now it looks like Satterfield is on his way to Nebraska. So kudos to Gamecock fans. Your guy's gone. You don't have to complain about him anymore. And we'll see how many points they put up in their bowl game. So, who's? I don't know if you saw this after or, yeah, during the Tennessee game and the Clemson game on Twitter, especially. I'm sure the message boards. But there's a conspiracy theory in Columbia, South Carolina, that Marcus Satterfield was not actually the play caller that maybe even the special teams coach may have been calling plays because of his success this year. Or Freddie Kitchens, another one. I think he's the tight ends coach, but he was the head coach at Arkansas, I believe, a few years ago. But, yeah, so Satterfield doesn't get any credit for the success the last two weeks, which so I he, think is absurd. You get all the blame and none of the credit when they pull off something they've literally never done in school history. Well, that's fun. Well, he's on his way. Is it confirmed he's going to Nebraska yet, or is that still in the rumor stage? I don't know if they've announced it, but I, I – think it's all but finalized yeah all right so there we are so what notre dame fans tinfoil or not tinfoil hat crazy georgia fan or game fans so who we got this week can we all vote for ourselves <laughs> i mean that's what i'm gonna do because i like to win 
So <laughs> what's what's the tie breaking scenario here? We might have to have Joy break the tie later if we all. We are in game. the we are in the world of participation trophies, you know. <laughs> yeah. So. Right. Well, we've got yeah. we have Joy joining us later, and she's listening in, so we'll have her break the tie. How's that? That sounds good. It's only right. fair. All right. Before we get started on this week's message board post, we want to give a quick shout out to College Football Home for sponsoring the MBG podcast. You can find them on Twitter at CFB Home and online at fifthquarter.net. All right, MBG, we've had some big news going on the last couple of days. What do we have going on in the message boards? Well, first, we probably should talk about Auburn. Seems like all the Auburn drama has finally come to an end. And they found their coach, and it's not Lane Kiffin. It is, in fact, Mr. Hugh Freeze. And I kind of think that this was probably Hugh Freeze all along. They probably seems like they kind of threw a Hail Mary out at Lane Kiffin and to see if he'd bite. He didn't bite, so they just stuck with the guy they knew they could have, which was Hugh Freeze, which I think was met with some mixed emotions amongst Auburn fans and the college football fans based on Hugh Freeze's reputation and his past. But it reminded me of an Auburn post from last year around this time, shortly after they had played Georgia. This was from an Auburn poster, AU Shug 87. And the title of his post is, I'm glad Kirby Smart is not the head coach at Auburn. He says, absolutely no class. I know I'm probably in the minority, but his unbelievable profane halftime rant at Florida is awful in my book. Georgia can have him. Saying a curse word here or there, I understand, but no way an honorable man talks like that. No way the great Vince Dooley would approve, but I know in this new culture, it's not only accepted, but cool. It's sad that this is that this is what leadership looks like today, but hey, as long as you are winning, it's all good, I guess. So the hiring of you, Freeze, reminded me of this post and this particular Auburn fan who was offended and wouldn't want Kirby Smart because he dropped a few F-bombs in the locker room at halftime. Pearl, Pearl clutching Auburn fan is my favorite Auburn fan. Like, I got to be honest with you. <laughs> like, MBG, you, you might have to do some follow-up research for next week and just see if this guy is still on the board and if he's commented on the freeze hiring, because there, there are worse things than having a coach who who drops a few F-bombs here and there. Oh, I'm guessing his head exploded. <laughs> uh, if he knows anything about Mr. Freeze, I'm guessing that he'd gladly take Kirby Smart's F-bombs over Hugh Freeze in his past. Without getting into the particulars of Hugh Freeze and his past transgressions, I think Kirby Smart looks like an angel compared, comparatively speaking, to Hugh Freeze. Yeah, this guy's head's exploded. Do you guys remember the movie Gremlins from way, way back in the day? <laughs> I, I, I'm sure it was before Joy was even born, but do you guys remember that movie? Yeah, of course. Yeah, so hiring Hugh Freeze is like buying a gremlin, right? Like you got all these rules that you have to follow. Um, like, because I, I am going to get into the particulars <laughs> because it's like, oh, okay, we're going to hire him as the head coach, but you know, you you can't give him a university phone, or you, you at least have to make him use a burner phone. Don't let him use social media. You know, can't let him near co-eds. Like, 
you know they've got to have all these rules around him. So yeah, that's what, it. Reminded me of that movie. Like, oh yeah, you can you can bring this guy in, but we're gonna have to box him in with as many rules as possible to hope that he just doesn't go off the wire. So we can't get Hugh Freeze wet after midnight. <laughs> Don't let him eat after midnight, or yeah, it's gonna get ugly, man. <laughs> well, in the past, we we talked about all these hypotheticals of people wanting to hire Urban Meyer, and we kind of laughed at you know all the things that you'd have to turn your head to if you hired Urban Meyer. And the thing that's funny about this hire is they had to hire a PR firm to try to Damage sell Damage control before Damage control. This. That's the words I'm looking for, Casey. They had to hire a – if you have to hire a PR firm to help do damage control on your new hire, uh, that should be a, a sign that maybe uh, that's not the guy or else you need to just come out and admit that there's only one thing that matters to us, and that's winning football games. Well, Andy went 39 and 25 at Ole Miss. I mean – I know he beat Saban a couple times, but is 39 to 25 worth all this? I mean, maybe it is. I don't know. Maybe I don't get well, it. Well, but... didn't they just lose to New Mexico State like 49 to 7? I mean, New Mexico State's one of the worst teams in yeah. uh, in college football, and they got yeah. rolled. Man, yeah. Maybe he'd checked out by then, but I mean. One of the best comments I've seen on Twitter about this. Do you guys follow Jim Weber on Twitter? Oh, yeah. Yeah. He said um, he said that Auburn trusting Hugh Freeze with their football program, but not with his Twitter account as Peak College Football. So that was pretty solid. Well, he did come from America's most holy university, so maybe maybe he's I mean, redeemed. I mean, yeah, I don't, I won't get too far in the weeds with the Liberty stuff, but it's just you talk about it. Well, whatever you guys know what I'm referring to. There's a lot of there's a lot of stuff. I'm going sorry on. I went there because no, I no man no, that was a can of worms that we could have taken in, in many directions. Yeah, Liberty's in Virginia. I'm very familiar uh, with the school and with the Netflix series and you know <laughs> everything else that's going on. So we'll see. So let's. I mean, I think we can just safely say that he was doing more than dropping a few f bombs in a halftime speech. <laughs> All that word salad to say that, yes. (laughs) We'll see what he does with Auburn. Uh, If he can get him back to competing at the top of the SEC, that'll be interesting. Um, See if he can get him in a bowl game. Because I don't think Auburn's bowl eligible this year, are they? No, I don't think so. No. I saw somewhere, too, I mean, this is just kind of a random tidbit. It's like the third straight former Arkansas State coach that Auburn has hired. I guess they're going to keep going back to that well until it works out. But Look out, who's... Look out! I mean, look out, MBG. Your coach is next, right? <laughs> That's Anderson true. Anderson coach at Arkansas State too. He did. He came from Arkansas State to Utah State. So we'll see. There are some some of the fan base that would not be opposed to that. Believe it or not. But we talked about Auburn not making a bowl game. Guess who is making a bowl game this year? Can't wait. The Kansas Jayhawks are making a bowl game this year. They are bowl eligible. Do you guys know when the last time Kansas was bowl eligible? I'm going to say there was a Mangino involved. And you would be correct. 2008. (laughs) I'm going to say 2008. I was going to say 07. You're probably right, though. You would be correct. 2008 was the last time Kansas made a bowl game. And, yes, it was Mark Mangino. 2008, they played Minnesota in the Insight Bowl. So it's been a long time for Kansas fans. So you would think that Kansas fans would, after such a long period of time not making a bowl game, that they would be fired up about making a bowl game, you would think. And they kind of are 
depending on what bowl game they get. (laughs) (laughs) So there's a poster on the Kansas 247 board, The Fog, Hawk Fanatic. He says this. The whole board's talking about them being bowl eligible, and there's some excitement, but not so much for this guy. He says, okay, since this is getting serious, let me pose a question. Is it not possible for a school to refuse a bowl invitation? I'm sure a few bowl-eligible teams refused to go to bowls during the COVID year. I seem to recall it happening a few other times under unusual circumstances like a head coach being fired or a 5-7 and bowl-eligible team deciding not to go. So why couldn't we simply refuse the Liberty Bowl invitation and say we prefer to go on the open market and buy for an invitation to a bowl that has an at-large spot or two not contracted to any conference? I'm sure someone would take us. Almost anything would be an improvement over the Liberty Bowl in Memphis. Who knows? Maybe we could just say pass to the Liberty Bowl, but say we're open to an invite from the GR or the first responder. The Big 12 might take a dim view of that, but they aren't going to kick us out. We have their only nationally elite program, KU basketball. What that has to do with uh, them (laughs) turning down a bowl game, I have no idea. And then... He takes a parting shot at Liberty Bowl in the host city, Memphis. It says, it just seems that after 14 years of incomprehensible misery on the gridiron, we deserve a better fate than freezing our asses with Zs, so we can say it, asses off in a drab, unsafe place like Memphis with a bunch of mouth-breathing meth heads. We need to think outside the box here. Memphis just catching strays here. Like, what, what the hell did they do? <laughs> I thought this was really funny just because schools like Kansas that haven't been into a bowl game in almost nearly 20 years don't understand how it works. Now, yes, they can absolutely say no to a bowl game without any problem, but there's absolutely no guarantee that anybody else wants them or will pick them up. It kind of, it's kind of a, a treat, I guess, for the, for the players, no matter where it is. It could be Memphis or Boise, as we talked about earlier. It's supposed to be like a celebration. They're exhibition games at the end of the day. Take your Liberty Bowl, which is a relatively prestigious bowl, even though it's in your quote-unquote unsafe Memphis, and enjoy it. It's going to be a tough matchup. I think that's an SEC team as well. So it's going to be fun. It's going to be tough for them. Uh, I just think this hoity-toity basketball school attitude just doesn't necessarily (laughs) fly for me. That's all. Hey, ease up on the hoity-toity basketball school. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't see your pinky up in the air. So, what is Kansas six and six? Yeah, six I mean, and where, six. Where, where the hell do they think they're going to go? I mean, I don't. I mean, I don't they're know. Maybe Alabama. I'm missing something. Right? Where Alabama says no to somebody, which they wouldn't. Like normal right. schools with football teams that go to bowl games don't say no. They get slotted and they go. Yeah, I, I don't remember. Like, we didn't go to a bowl game because of COVID one year. But, like, I don't remember any team just saying, yeah, we're going to pass. You're not good enough for us. So, you know, we're going to pass to see if we get a better offer. Normally when, normally when teams say no, they're not going to one. Yeah. And it happened at Clemson. We got in a huge brawl with South Carolina to end the year. We're bowl eligible. They were not and said we're not going just kind of as a punishment. Right. Yeah, I mean, he's talking like they're Ohio State ten and one, and they just got an invite to the Cure Bowl or something. <laughs> I mean, and, and that they're going to pack out a seventy thousand seat stadium. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I want I want to formally invite this guy to Boise, Idaho, to play the Utah State Aggies 
on the blue turf in Boise. I don't see them doing much better than whatever they're slotted in for, but uh, I could be wrong. Yeah, I just thought that post was funny just uh, to see how this particular Kansas fan viewed uh, the Kansas football program, which is improved, granted, but they're still a 6-6 six and six Big 12 team who barely became bowl eligible, and it's been 14 years since they've – uh, since they've seen a bowl game, seems like they should take what they get and be happy with it. Yeah, these aren't the glory days of Mark Mangino, right? They gotta, <laughs> you gotta start from the ground up. Yeah, that's true. Well, speaking of programs that have been down in the dumps and maybe don't uh, quite understand their place uh, in college football, Georgia Tech. Uh, there's something weird was going on at Georgia Tech. McCasey, you might pay more attention to this than the rest of us, but. You know, they were looking for a coach, um, and some news came out over the weekend that they were going to hire Willie Fritz, the head coach at Tulane. Um, in fact, I think, you know, all the big um, media outfits were reporting that Fritz was going to Georgia Tech. Well, there was at least one poster on the Georgia Tech board that wanted no part of Willie Fritz. And on Sunday, he posted a post. This is KDU88. Um, and he says, stop the hire in all caps. And he says, impromptu peaceful protest at 6 p.m. Eastern at Edge. Spread the word. DM for details. So Georgia Tech fans on Sunday wanted to stage a protest of Willie Fritz. And... I don't know if this worked or what. I don't know if a protest ever happened, but news broke today that Willie Fritz is not the head coach at Georgia Tech. Do you guys see that? So it worked. Yeah. I mean, clearly this guy, this guy knew what he was doing. That's what I'm wondering. All right. So I think that brings us to a weekly dose of joy with Joy Daly. How are we doing tonight, Joy? We're making it. <laughs> so but before we get into your recent troubles... We have some important business for you to weigh in on here. You heard our nominations for Genius of the Week. We were unable, among the three of us, to declare a winner, so we need you to break the tie. Well, you know, I thought a lot about this because I feel like I'm, I, I kind of feel honored. Like, I feel like this doesn't happen very often. Y'all normally make the decision yourself, so I'm taking this very seriously. I want y'all to know that. But, I, you know, someone's team in particular had a rough a real rough weekend this past weekend. And um, I feel, I feel like a pity right. vote coming. This is going to be I feel a pity like It's vote. only right to give Casey the dub <laughs> this week. <laughs> I also think his was the best genius of the week. <laughs> but. I worked long and hard on that, Joy. He, he saw, <laughs> saw all my research on that one. Hours of blood, sweat, and tears. Here's the 10 bucks I owe you right here. here. <laughs> Thanks. You can, um, I take, I'll take it by certified mail only. <laughs> only. Certified funds. Yep. <laughs> exactly. All right. So Joy, do you have a post for us this week? I do. This one is pain. Like, I just want to preface this one really quickly. This one physically hurts me to do <laughs> because I feel like I'm, I'm turning on my own, but the ignorance is just at a all time high. So I just have to, we just have to go with it. So on um, the LSU message boards, Taxman2010 posted and said, something fishy is going on. I think that was a play on words. I'm going to give him the credit. Um, I'm not I'm not sure if he really <laughs> meant it, but I'm going to give it to him. 
He said, Woodward is friends with Jimbo. Woodward gave Jimbo the massive contract. Jimbo is on the verge of getting fired. LSU makes it to Atlanta regardless of a win or loss. LSU game plan was horrendous. Picked up pass interference flag. Brian Kelly looked like he didn't care. I think Woodward had LSU throw the game to help an old friend knowing there weren't any repercussions. A lot more to be said about this. It just doesn't add up. It's true. It doesn't add up. <laughs> well, talk maybe on just, top. Yeah. Talk maybe just ties top. in. I love it. What doesn't add up exactly? <laughs> Have you watched LSU play this year? Because as, <laughs> as high as we are, I think we all can agree that LSU never deserved to be number five in the college football playoff rankings. We weren't good enough to be number five. And we've been – to take Casey's word, hoity-toity in the round, and then acting <laughs> like we're hot stuff. And then we acted like we did in the first game of the season or in the Tennessee game. We just didn't even show up. We just didn't care. But it's not because Scott Woodward asked us to throw the game. And Jimbo is not on the verge of being fired. There's no $87 million buyout right now waiting on Jimbo. What? I know. Breaking news. Kind of like I broke the news that Lane Giffen wasn't going to Auburn and y'all told me I was crazy. <laughs> no, Fat Tom 22 told you. That's right. Crazy. That was Fat Tom's fault. I told y'all. We, I told we y'all. have a trusted source. I said breaking news. He's wrong. But breaking news to this LSU fan, we just weren't that good. Okay? We had, yeah, Were we firing on all cylinders there for a, couple, a little while? Yes. But you also had to know you were going to get A&M's best game. This was their last game. This was their bowl game. This was their national championship. This was the game they will make rings and cups about because that is what Texas A&M does. So you had to know that that's, that, that, that was the A&M team that was showing up. It has nothing to do with us throwing the game. Well, and there well, were repercussions, right? Like if you guys have won and then you win the SEC championship, I mean – Correct. You got a chance to go to the college. That's a pretty big one. Well, with Ohio State losing, we would have been number four this week. Yeah, I mean, I'd say that's a pretty big one. That's a huge L to take. I I don't know. I mean, the tax man makes a compelling case. I mean, he's got seven bullet points here. (laughs) Plus, then he says that there's a lot more to be said. And nothing else has been said. Well, not yet, but this is the tax man. I bet tax man's got more bullet points. That's a tax good point. Man Absolutely. Lawyers love bullet points, Joy. So I, 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 I get where MBG's coming from. No, I think MBG's mad because I picked Casey as my genius of the week. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, look, That's I'm just saying, I see, I see seven bullet points of solid facts <laughs> su- supporting this and makes complete sense. And I don't think it adds up. I mean, I'm going to go with the tax. I've never been one to go against the tax man. So I'm not going to do it now. Especially on a podcast where millions and millions are listening. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, based on all these message board posts that we've read so far, I have this sneaking suspicion that the SEC is just kind of like the WWE. Like, it's all just fixed games, right? <laughs> And eventually Georgia or Alabama win and get to hold up the belt at the end of the, like the Royal Rumble. Um, but it's all been orchestrated from the beginning. Based on these posts, I mean. Alabama right? is Hulk Hogan? All right. 
So just to make clear, Joy, you think that LSU straight up lost the game to Texas A&M? Correct. No shenanigans? No shenanigans. I think Nobody was outplayed. And real hot take, I think we got outcoached. What? Uh, and that's, that's hot. And y'all know me. I have, I have built my reputation on my hatred of Jimbo Fisher. But he brought that menu of game plans, and he just ran that ball down our throats. That take is so hot, I want you to go post it on Tiger Droppings real quick. (laughs) 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 Well, we're going to wrap this show up with remembering the anniversary of a very – an important event in college football. You guys know what happened a year ago yesterday? I do. I, I remember. I have no idea what you're talking about. You don't, Casey? <laughs> Joy, what, I, what happened? I was just trying to be different. Lincoln Riley fooled the world and went to USC. Oh, he blindsided the Sooners a year ago. And that was one of the greatest times on, on Oklahoma message boards. It was absolutely nuts. So I thought it'd be fun to kind of revisit some of those, some of those that we could share. Uh, many of them we could not share. Um, but it was funny to go back and revisit the different stages that Oklahoma fans were going through. I, there's a couple posts here that aren't funny, but I think <laughs> maybe show us a little bit of, how, just how blindsided uh, they were. The first one was on the OU Insider. This was actually posted by a mod who I'm a moderator who I'm pretty sure lost his gig after this post. <laughs> he basically says, and he's referring to Lincoln Riley as Mule Shoe, which I guess is the town he's from in Oklahoma. It says both Mule Shoe and his new team need to have the Marshall experience. Which, if you don't know what that means, he's Ooh. referring to the the Marshall football team who died in a plane crash. Um, oh, yeah. So that's, that's that's dark. That's right. dark, and you can see why this guy lost his title of moderator hope so. after, after that post. Um, so that's the type of anger he was harboring. And then oh there there was another poster on Sooner Scoop that says this one's a little more funny. He says. <laughs> Are mafia bosses real? Do people get knocked off in real life just for being a snake asking for a friend? (laughs) So uh, that's how they were feeling initially. And then they kind of moved on to this conspiracy theory stage of grief, I guess. And there was a Facebook post. And I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's kind of long. But really the, the Facebook post was this theory that Bob, that Lincoln Riley was just there to be a placeholder for Bob Stoops to come back. And it says, part of it says this, it says, it was a deal that was cut between Stoops and the NCAA and the Big 12. A non-disclosure agreement was part of the deal. It's why Stoops resigned in the middle of the season overnight, hush-hush, and left immediately. Lincoln was just a placeholder for Stoops' term in timeout, while OU left for the SEC, also hush-hush. Just as Lincoln's USC deal was inked long ago and also kept hush-hush, the plan is for Stoops to coach the Sooners in the SEC and has been since he got 
OU in hot water and had to bail. So this guy thinks this was some long drawn out plan uh, stooped to serve a suspension, kind of like the Michael Jordan playing baseball because he was suspended from the NBA. This guy has personal knowledge of the non-disclosure agreement, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's usually just... how those work. Right. Of a deal brokered with the NCAA. Right, right. And the conference. And the school. Yeah. Does that mean but Venables this... is getting fired? Like, do we need to let him know coming up soon that he's not going to have a job because Stoops is coming in to take over when they join the SEC? It's going to get ugly. <laughs> yep. Well, the way things are going, that certainly appears to be on, on track. So that was one explanation they had. The next one was, I'm not going to read this post, but it was politics. They said, apparently they believed Lincoln Riley was some liberal and that he wanted to be out with all the other liberals out in Los Angeles. which, <laughs> And that uh, Oklahoma was just too conservative for him, so he was on his way out. And then there are, the next two are the funniest ones. This one is that his wife made him move out there so his daughters could get into modeling. He says, do not discount the fact that the Rileys have two daughters with a mother that had aspirations of a modeling career. Where might you go if you had thoughts of your daughters maybe having the life you wanted? Never forget, if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. When Lincoln Riley says opportunities for my family, I'm not sure many people know of this dynamic. So Mrs. Riley was driving the boat, apparently, because why Lincoln Riley wouldn't just leave Oklahoma to go to Southern California mm. on his own. Never. No. It's not for, I'm sure the paycheck is pretty good. USC being a private school, they don't have to disclose that, but that helps too. And this one is, is the best conspiracy theory of them all. I'm so excited. I, I remember this one. <laughs> and this one came with two photographs of uh, Lincoln Riley, one with a somewhat receding hairline and one where he appears to have a little fuller scalp. And it says, this is simple. Uh, this is a guy in the boots. He says that he went for access to the best hair restoration doctors in the world. <laughs> <laughs> that's not even the one I was thinking of, but that's awesome. <laughs> so... Those are some of their, I guess, some coping on their end, reasons why Lincoln Riley would go out to California for modeling or for hair plugs or for politics. Um, but not, not to get a thriving from... hair plug market in Oklahoma. Is that, I'm, I'm... Not I didn't realize so... that was something you had to like move out to the coast for. <laughs> I mean, there's no way Lincoln Riley could have afforded a couple trips out to LA on that <laughs> right. salary he was making in Norman. Right. Trash no salary. <laughs> There's just no way. So then they kind of move on to some sort of revenge tactics. One post said that they wanted to all chip in to put up a billboard in his hometown, a mule shoe, and said traitor on it. Another post, they had found his address for his new home in L.A., and some guy wanted to send inappropriate pictures to Mrs. Riley to exact his revenge. And then there was one guy who had a more developed, thought-out plan. And this is, I had forgotten about this post, but it really is one of the funnier posts that I think I've ever come across. And this was a guy on Sooner Scoop. His board name is Jim Thorpe Award winner, Dakota Austin. And <laughs> I gotta just read the whole post. 
hang with me because it's worth every word. <laughs> he says, now I want to preface this by saying I'm not spiteful at all. Okay, so keep the, keep that in mind as you hear this. This guy is not spiteful. Um, so this, I've forgotten that it began that way. That, that's, that's awesome. That's gold. This, this doesn't come from a place of spite. Okay, so keep that right. in mind. A happy place. Okay. So that said, once Caleb announces his transfer to USC, I will only want one thing in life. Matt Leinart to impregnate Caitlin Riley with a son. They name him Matt Riley and keep the affair hidden for years. Matt Leinart forces Lincoln Riley. Why Matt Leinart could force Lincoln Riley to do anything, I have no idea. But somehow, Matt Leinart forces Lincoln Riley to coach at USC for 25 abysmal years. Terrible. Ultimately, the only success Lincoln ever has at USC is when he coaches Matt Riley to back-to-back Heismans, all of which are presented to him by his real father, Matt Leinert. And (laughs) every touchdown pass thrown by Matt Riley, Lincoln grimaces in pain as he knows the only reason why that man is alive is because some other man was blowing out his (laughs) wife's back. That is all. (laughs) So... I, I have a couple thoughts on this one, <laughs> if you'll indulge me for, for a second here. So, and this guy's, I would call this a revenge fantasy, right? That's, that's a but fair... But it wasn't spiteful. An unspiteful no. revenge it's, fantasy. It's, really. it's a revenge fantasy, but his fantasy, Lincoln Riley spends 25 years at USC, which presumably means he's doing, he's doing pretty well, right? Well, I know they're abysmal 25 years, though. Well, but he's going to get fired if they're not doing well, right? I mean, USC's not going to keep him around for that long. He co-parents what I presume would be a beautiful and athletic, although dim-witted son, if Matt Leinart is the the father. USC gets two more Heismans to add to their trophy case, which puts them two ahead of Oklahoma. (laughs) I mean, I, I'll be honest, if I was Lincoln Riley, I might sign up for this. Like, this, this sounds like a decent deal. Maybe, maybe I'm missing something. I can't. <laughs> I'm trying to think of something to say as well. I mean, listen, it, if this guy was smart, he would say maybe Carson uh, Palmer, right? Or like <laughs> Sam Darnold or, you know, John David Booty. At least don't don't make it Matt Leinart, right? John David yeah. Booty, that's a good idea. John David like- Booty. You'd at least pick like the ugliest USC yeah. quarterback, Give right? An ugly USC quarterback, man. Yeah. <laughs> Carson Palmer would be the perfect choice, I think. Yeah. It's like, exactly. He doesn't yeah. have quarterback face. I don't think he does. John David Booty definitely doesn't. I actually did a, a Google image search before before he got on just to be sure I was remembering him right. He does not yeah. have quarterback face. He's a Louisiana kid. He is. We went to the same high school. Oh, oops. You and oh. <laughs> Take, I mean, take that back. He was dude. before me, but how does he compare to Matt Liner? I don't. I can't picture John David Booty. I wouldn't know if he was sitting in the room with me right now. That's how I remember him. Ooh, yeah, you got uh, people he, at home can't honestly, see. Honestly, he's holding up a age, picture. <laughs> age has helped John David. Booty. Uh, uh, but I love about this how Lincoln Riley's just sitting there, and every time that uh, his. Uh, I don't know what you call him, his stepson. I don't know. Matt Leiner's son. Yeah. 
throws a touchdown pass. He just grimaces in pain, thinking about him, Matt Riley and his wife, uh, <laughs> conceiving a child. But you're right, though. The best part about of this is Matt Liner somehow forcing Lincoln Riley to keep everything on the down low and continue uh, coaching USC. Not sure. Not sure that part was that well thought out, but. I really appreciate the fact that y'all are just like not accounting for the wife at all. Like <laughs> who says she wants to do this? Who says she's going along with the plan? Who says she's, she's good with the secret child. Who says she's even interested in that liner? Who said she wants to get her back blown out. I mean, these are all important questions. No, like, we, need, we need bullet points, Joy. This is why I am a female on the podcast. I come to bring this this side of the show. Like, bring a little levity to this. Yeah, y'all are just assuming that she's, like, great with this plan. I mean, it is well, not minor. <laughs> I mean, I think we all were just I were her. He's kind of hot. I think we're, you know? I think we were all just the idea that Matt Liner, I mean, yeah, everybody would be okay with that. Is that not the case? That's not the case, guys. Well, that's I good to know. Pretty. I didn't say he wasn't pretty. That's not what I said. I mean, but you got, I mean. Don't hear so, what I'm not saying. <laughs> I was just giving you my opinion. I just think he's pretty. He's beautiful. I would but, Well, at least this guy me. was being. At least this guy was being nice to Mrs. Riley because he could have, like we said, he could have chosen a lot worse than Matt Riley or Matt Leinart. And also, he like you said, MBT. I mean, he like he like he needs a good athlete for this plan to play out. So like it's he doesn't have a ton of like he he's got to pick genes wisely. Was Reggie Bush not available? Yeah, that's what I would have gone with Reggie Bush. Yeah, that's a good call. But I like how the kid's name is still Matt Riley. He's still got Lincoln Riley's last name. Uh, <laughs> and they, but they don't even try and hide it. They give him Matt Leinart's first name. I mean, that part, the pettiness of that, I appreciate it at least. But petty, yes. Not spiteful, though. <laughs> and, I mean, the good thing about all this is Oklahoma fans, a year later, are completely, totally over it. And it doesn't bother them <laughs> at all. That USC is ten and one and on the precipice of the college football playoff. That 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 doesn't bother them. They're very happy with their choices. They seem universally pleased with Venables. Yeah, I'm sure this guy's doing well. Uh, oh, I I I can sense the sarcasm there, and I can tell you that they are really struggling with Lincoln. They just Riley's have to hold on. Success. They just have to hold on a couple more years until Stoops is back. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Stoops will lead them back to the promised land once they join the SEC. Uh, but those were great posts. That was a great time for Oklahoma message boards. Like I say, I wish if this wasn't a family show, we could have read a lot more posts. But we were <laughs> we were keeping it PG-13. I will say, I remember the LSU message boards on that day. And they weren't too happy either. Because if you all remember correctly, the night before, it had broke that he was taking the LSU job. And then he went on that whole he went, got interviewed at his post-game conference and said, I will not be the next head coach at LSU. Then he woke up the next morning and was like, but I'm going to USC, gotcha. Yeah, that was great. And LSU fans were distraught there for a moment. Not that, yeah, not, and, it was great not that he left LSU hanging, but uh, he didn't lie. No, he did it. I, I mean, I appreciate that. Yeah, things turned out well for LSU and USC, so... 
It did indeed. It did indeed. If you would have told me that day, Joy, you'll be very happy with the hire. You know, one of the winningest active coaches in the Power Five. I would have been like, Saban's leaving Alabama and coming back. <laughs> sure wouldn't have thought it would be Brian Kelly. Well, that's all I brought for us, guys. All right. Well, that'll do it for this week's episode of the MBG Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. You can check out more content at messageboardgeniuses.com. And we'll see you next time, losers. <laughs>